everything now for the rest of the arc is gonna be on between scenes and uh, well the thing here is even if it is the between scenes it's like you don't need to follow strictly the initiative of the scene it's more i want to do something that will need a role then we refer to how the scene progression is okay so in this case you want to attack the skeleton so there you go i got a nine to punch the skeleton uh, john doe does quite literally in a very uh, non-entirely typical john doe manner when the skeleton reveals itself screams and punches it and i got a nine all right so that was seven damage to the suit what do anyone do next or what do you do in general that is not an action again you don't have to do an action immediately now but you have to pass it to someone else does anyone know what they want to do I actually, I wanted to ask a question. How does the skeleton seem like it has reacted to being punched? Is Does it seem phased or does it seem like it's having any thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, it's very expressive and it makes this expression of pain. No, it's more the suit is punched. There is now a dent where John Doe punched. Hmm. Are we near a door? I mean, yes, the door through which the skeleton came. And there are doors deeper into the complex. I just, uh, just, just help me remember. We are going in trying to get the power on again. Yeah, because we're in general trying to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, and the the skeleton is now just, where's the skeleton heading to? I mean, the skeleton came into here after you let it in. Yeah, and now it just got punched. What else is in the room? Well, the controls of the nuclear station. All a bunch of computers. Is there a big red button that says start? The reactor is uh, shut off uh, to prevent meltdown. The reverse power is being diverted to specific places. Oh, fuck, I forgot about meltdown. Berserker is going to say, Hey, Johnny, uh, should we deal with this meltdown thing somehow? And what should I do? Johnny, just kind of in, I think game time mode just replies y'all handle that thing i'll figure out the reactor and that's what i'm gonna work on all right i'll pass to johnny so he can make a roll for something to happen then something that you could not exactly do that it will take time and more people to restart this and try to prevent it from going to meltdown yeah okay and that was impossible to do before there was a skeleton with you there not that better because there is a skeleton there. Okay, I mean, is there anything that I can do about the reactor whatsoever? You set up already the remote controls that uh, if you get somehow to override the administration privileges, you can redirect power remotely anymore. You already configured that. Am I able to, like, falsify those privileges somehow or, or, or bypass them? Or is, like, what I need, like a like, a key card or something? Well, that's the thing. You have not tried to hack into them before. Well, that was something that uh, you postponed to. Well, I can try this later. Unless you want to go back onto this and now try to hack this. Yeah, it's kind of feeling, it's starting to feel like no time like the present. All right, and then there's going to be an overcome. I feel like I'm going to invoke principle of the tactician. 
Johnny looking back at old notes or old or thinking back to like his time here before and learning the like programming script that would be like kind of relearning the programming script that would be used here, but also trying to find every single line of code that he would know about that might you know be able to kind of like guide him towards like screens faster so that he might be able to find out like what the commands are for having admin privileges and stuff so yeah that's what i'm going to do got a five so minor twist so you managed to hack in not so much hack in but uh you have to put on your old credentials and you also had to convince the system that there was it's not just that it had to shut off because there was just maintenance that was not performant and there was the risk of meltdown. You had to convince it that there was actually a legitimate emergency and your team on site needed to override whatever was happening. A brute force hacking because again, you're just you're gonna send an alarm to everywhere on the station that something really serious is happening and it's gonna call their attention. And furthermore, they're gonna know that your old team codes during the moon war are being inputted. So it's gonna both reveal your presence, your identity, and um, might give them an opportunity to do something about it. And if you're going to take control of the redirection of power, you're going to need to do it. That doesn't sound ideal, but you know, it does sound better than being present when a nuclear meltdown happens. So... All right. You put that in and uh, you have access to the power. So there's no power going to have model one or two, only to have model three. There is no power being sent to the med station, no power being sent to Starlink to control center for the Stargate. There's no power going for engineering. There is no power being sent to science outpost Aldrin. And uh, there is no power going to the pumps on hydroponics. So it's filled with uh, carbon dioxide. There's no power going to a place called Luna City. And there is no power going to the ice cistern to full, uh, the, the full refinery. And uh, no power being sent to the monorail system that uh, links the engineering and nuclear reactor, but also links the station to the ice cistern and the full refinery processing center. So where are you redirecting power from? There is a bit of reverse uh, reserve power that was being kept aside that you can also put in the, into the system at the expense of, you know, not being there in the future. But it's not only that, oh, it's not like you have immediately to shut off uh, Lovelace and uh, the hub model. Build power that you can pour from the reserves, but you have to do that. I was going to say, I don't think we should turn off the hab module because if there are people present, I don't want them to die. And I certainly don't want them to become desiccated skeletons that attack us. You know, any amount of D of non-skeletonization that can happen. I'm a big fan of that. So I really don't want to turn off the hab module. How much of this can I power? Can I, do I just have to pick one of them? Well, it depends on what you're powering. So far, there is a reserve power, so you can start turning things on. But at some point, 
going to get the warming that there is no power to the roof. Right. Um, is there any way for me to clear and reboot the reactor, or is it just going to immediately go back to meltdown? Uh, well, you can uh, you can plug in, and then uh, who knows? I told you it will take days a team to be sure that anything might be the danger of meltdown. This is why it's shut off because the maintenance is not being performed. I was kind of thinking that yeah, maybe. So I, I was thinking the monorail, and I was also thinking like the ice refinery seems important, if only because it would make sure that the people here have access to water. The ice refinery is not a factor for water, it is a factor for production of fuel. Once to start producing fuel spaceship, that will be useful. Yeah, I think for now, putting the power into the monorail so that we would be able to head to the habitation seems important. Hold, please. If you're gonna pour power into the monorail, do you plan to put power on the entire modern rail system or do you want to put power between the engineering slash nuclear station and central station or do you also want to activate the monorail system to the ice system so basically do you want to activate half of it or uh, the entirety of it? is it possible to power the half of it that seems yeah you're redirecting of power so you you see the little blinking lights and the connection on the station and the cars between the engineering sector and the Luna City are activated. And you still have some power on the reserve. I think from here to Central Station is a good idea. Yeah, and you still have extra power. Can I do the habitation module to Central Station also? There is no monorail between the because it's all a model connected to the central. Okay. Rails connect from central, other than the ones you already listed? The one that goes to the ice system and the fuel refinery. That's it. Okay, I'm not going to worry about powering that now, because as much as that is, I think, going to be a relatively important component of leaving, for right now, it doesn't seem vital. And so, yeah, I'm going to just power... Uh, like the, I'm going to leave the rest of the reserve power so that it lasts longer. You're not activating anything else. Run me through the other modules again. Habitation model one and two. We have Starlink um, co-control center, Luna City, engineering model, science outpost Aldrin, hydroponics, and the med station. Lovelace currently has. Is there any way to know if any of these are currently like inhabited, if there are people on any of them? No. Just know the top three and Lovelace had power. Okay. Am I able to tell how much reserve power I have left, like of 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 what I had originally, like percentage-wise? You don't know how much is being lost on the system, but uh, you figure that uh, you probably have enough power, the equivalent to another monorail station, before they need to start setting off things. Yeah, I, I kind of don't think I want to power other stuff right now. I'm just worried that there are people there. I understand the empathy and the fact that we do want to save all these people. John Doe would never say this. This is Brad out of character saying it because Johnny is more ruthless right now. If those hab modules have been without power this long, really doubt that there's anyone left. Solid point. You, we got this message a week ago, several days. I mean, either way, more than 10 minutes ago without air, they're 
they're already in for a rough patch. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it or any of the other modules. We'll just do, we power for the monorail station and other places that already have power are great. And we can come back and power the refinery if we have to for fuel so that we can leave. So the thing is, monorail is going to dump you on Luna City, which currently has no power. So you're going to be dumped on a place without power to proceed with this. Is there any way for me to tell how much power that would consume? You can turn it on and you can see how much power is being diverted there and if any error message appears. Yeah, I'll power that too. Or I'll try to um, if I can see that it's going to be sustainable in any way. You can see the power bars going up and uh, you see the lights blinking up there and uh, you have illumination, emergency illumination. You don't have day cycle, you have life support, you have gravity, and but you don't have environmental control. How? Mm. And the trigger starts going, and then it stops before it loads up that in which it in, I'm sure the message, system overload, please divert more power before continuing. So without the atmosphere control, we have no heat or cooling. How far is Luna City from here? Do we have a map or any guess? I mean, it's a monorail trip. There's only one station from here to there. It's not like people get lost. But Lou, the reason I ask is having one station between there could either mean it's real close or real fucking far. Yeah. And again, where are they going to go? It's the moon. It's not like it's a thing that it has an itinerary. It says like on the map of the station, it has a line connecting it there. How big is the line? Who knows? Does it matter? No, no to the people that live in the moon. Lou, that's the most important piece of world building information you could ever put in because that means there is no OSHA on the moon. There is no <laughs> There's no OSHA on them. Workers protection to warn you like, hey, it's a far walk. You'll die before you get there. Uh, that's the thing. You're not supposed to walk. <laughs> Anyways, can I throw this skeleton out the door? Honest opinion at this point, fuck it. We'll go without heat or cooling. Maybe we can depower the monorail when we get there. Because I don't really want to leave that on anyway. That's the thing. Because you have remote control until they shut off your access. Because now they know that you have it. You can shut off the monorail after you get there. I think that is a good plan. Yeah, we'll do that. But that also means we should GTF up. Yeah, I agree. You're a direct power, so what do you do next? As soon as I do that, I think I just turned to the others and I was just like, handle that thing or, you know, get it uh, get it far enough away from us. We got to go. We don't have time. Am I the only one panicked about the skeleton? A little bit, but I'm kind of panicked about a lot of stuff. No, no, no. I was about to say yeet. And then I remembered, oh, wait, this is 1970X. Yeet hasn't been a word yet. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a ter- it's a term in Britain, Desert Years. Hyperborean tongue. This could be your chance to coin yeet. Bezerkir brings yeet into the modern vernacular. Hey John, you want to throw the help me throw this guy out the uh, out the door? I forget. Is the door open? No. Portagor, do you mind opening the door for us? Sure, go for it. I hate the undead. Yep. And if you want me to do a roll, I can do a roll. 
probably using one of the boosts. Yeah. Can I use zero gravity scrimmage on this? Because this kind of makes sense. To attack it, yeah. Oh, is this attacking? I don't know what you're trying to do. Attack in there, whatever. Trying to throw this thing out and then shut the door on it. That's movement between zones that can be used as part of any other action. Oh, okay. So I'll just attack it then. Seven damage towards this thing. All right. Yeah. You shove the suit outside. You close the door again. And the skeleton just stands there looking blankly at you as it's pushed aside. And it resumes tapping on the door for you to let it in back again. Let's get out of here before it gets annoying. But he looks so cold out there. <laughs> if you're cold, they're cold. Listen, I just want to say that has to be Brad out of character. That can't be. Absolutely. That is Brad out of character. Jondo hates skeletons. Jondo's. All right, where's the monorail? Let's go. We head to the monorail. Yep, I, I, I will join them on the monorail. Now, Lou, I swear by all of the salt in me, if this monorail is full of skeletons. Oh, you go towards the monorail. There's only the service lights on. That is the square card going on. And you get inside and border guard lamps. Well, are we going to talk about the skeleton in the room? As things start chugging along, darting across the rail system. So I'm scared that there are space skeletons. No, what's to talk about? There was a skeleton. I mean, what, do we know anything more about what could cause a skeleton on the moon? Do we have any idea if there's like a necromancer or something other than that? Maybe some ex extraterrestrial force that is, you know, possessing bodies? I don't know. I mean, we, I think we need a little bit more information before uh, we can move forward on the skeleton. Necromoon, sir. Taking our information where we should make our move. Oh, man, are there any life signs or something? I mean, have module three is being powered independent of this. Uh, so probably not a terrible sign that there might be somebody there. Also, the uh, scientific outpost seems to be uh, operating separate from the station. So those seem like our best bets as far as finding folks. I wasn't I mean, there's not any way for me to tell if there were signs of life elsewhere. So uh, the monorail will take us to the central station we'll be able to get to other places from there uh, hopefully we find you know somebody around in all of that but, but yeah the rest of it i mean had been depowered for a little while so if there was anybody there well there's not anymore so we talk to the survivors and hopefully they tell us about a necromoon sir or something like that sounds like a plan sounds like something's coming together I actually hope they don't tell us about that. I hope they just say that guy was like one single extremely isolated experiment gone very, very wrong. And thank you for killing him. And that was the last one. Johnny, I'm going to ask you, would you rather have it be that a necromoon, sir, or a sudden outbreak of space skeletonitis? I mean, honestly, I, I, between the, I would rather it be the one that I said where like it just turns out that there's a small number of things that are wrong that can be fixed easily but you know that's not our luck and i'm gonna ask because you said we what is our escape plan ideally we get all this sorted out we have a team come help us fix the reactor to such a degree that we can power on the refinery generate some fuel and just end up flying back if that doesn't go well then you know 
So, um, Johnny, these people will be real happy to see you, right? They're going to be so ecstatic that you left on really good terms, right? That's why they're going to help us. Uh, define left on good terms. The kind of terms that means that they won't immediately, I don't know, um, call for an American super team to travel through the gateway and arrest us, assuming it's still working. Because so the good news is it's not. Okay, great. No power going to the Stargate at the moment, so they won't be able to do that part at least. They might be upset to see me. Hopefully, they will be slightly less upset by the time that we save their bacon. That is sort of the best outcome, but uh, it feels like we're in a situation where optimism is necessary, even if it is unrealistic. John Doe is just looking at Johnny like, you know, wouldn't it have been great if we would have uh, brought someone who could teleport us back to Earth if we had no other way to get back or could create a rocket out of light energy? That would have been sick. And then just turns away from looking at him and looks at Yoki with just, how are you doing, Yoki? Any weird magic stuff affect me yet? Nothing yet. But yeah, I'm hoping that it... I'm hoping we don't get shot immediately upon opening the door to something. Me too. I think Johnny's hat is just like tipped down a little bit and he's just chewing on an unlit cigar. I want to see what Border Guard does. Yeah. I mean, Border Guard is now is not doing anything yet. And Border Guard just listens to this conversation. Well, if you think the whole thing is quite busted, we can also, you know, call the Soviets and uh, have them send some troops here. Ooh, another international incident. All right. Wait. Come on, John. It does not have to be like that. It's, you know, most of the space laws, they are the same code of law as the sea. If there is an incident, people are supposed to send help. You're right, Border Guard. I'm sorry. Also, it'd be an interstellar incident. But fair enough. I mean, if it goes real tits up, we'll, we'll call in the Soviets. I think we've got a plan here. Well, I do it. Because one thing is if we we get the lunar model, but I don't think how reliable we can get full and we're going to need to get some ships anyway. So... Maybe going to need another of the lunar models that are spread out around the place. That could be a way, depends on how many survivors we have. And we're just going to let that thing continue to rampage. Oh, no, we're going to fix that. I, I absolutely have every intention. We, we need to fix that before we go anywhere. So as you are going on the way on the monorail, Border Gore starts picking apart broken pieces of metal and fusing them together in a ball of superheated plasma and then put some plates floating around it as it creates a magnetic field. He says, well, here we go. We're going to have at least a sphere of controlled temperature around us. Border Gore, you're a genius. No, not really. I'm just better at transmutation than Highwayman is. That's Listen, that's a hurtful thing to say. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that it, it's hurtful. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you if you don't want to do it yourself. Just that I have an easier time maintaining it and experience using it. No, no. I mean, it's like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I am not in any way disagreeing with you. The competency, I feel like, is a fairly accurate 
accurate evaluation. It's just, you know, come on. You don't have to you don't have to say it like that. Like we all know is all it's, I mean you're right. Just, you know, come on. Yeah, but uh you know, I'm not gonna claim to be a genius and that's definitely not what I am. You're the genius here. Yeah, well, I guess that remains to be seen. I think as he says that he kinda just sort of walks down the monorail car just to make sure that all of the instruments are performing correctly. Because I think it actually necessarily think it was intended to sting when Order Gore said it, but I do think that it did because he's like Johnny is, I think, pretty aware right now that no one is thinking what he's doing is genius by any stretch of the imagination. Only with the big halt, the monorail car stops and the lights go off. Uh, this was not supposed to happen, right? Right? No, this wasn't supposed to happen. Is there any indicator as to why that just happened? Was there any warning sign from the instruments on the car? No, it just stopped suddenly. Okay. Johnny draws his weapons and uh, makes sure that he is properly helmeted up just in case. Is everybody already wearing their helmets? Did I already? Yeah, same. I, I don't think we took them off because I don't believe the power was on on that yeah. part of the station. You wanted to take precautions. That's right. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm not taking my helmet off until I see a normal non moon person having their helmet off. Johnny has his sidearms out and he's like, I do not know what just happened, but it cannot be good. And then a thought occurs to him in real time in the way that it did for me just now. He kind of spits off to one side and he says, it occurs to me now that this may be sort of an extension of them not being so psyched to see me. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but it is possible. Yeah, and as you think that you can see a blinking red light and hear the riving of machine gun, as an automated defense starts shooting at you, so each of you takes five damage. Ow. Um, I'm gonna use my reaction to defend against that by rolling my precognition die with ambush awareness. All right. I rolled a nine. And as the machine gun's pneumatic system stops and seems to be tracking movement as you all deck for cover, the car still has not resumed, continuing its path. And it seems that the fences have stopped for the moment. And as you are almost ready to take a deep breath and decide what to do next, maybe continue the rest of the track on feet or on it, or try to restart the car or something, you start to hearing a metallic tap on the, above the car as if someone is walking on top of it. Magnetized woods. Fuck. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyone has any idea what, what they want to do? Quick question. What is your imagined layout of this car? Like, do we have windows? Is it a solid, like, egg shape or something like that? It's very blocky. It's basically, it's a big block car. And it, there are no windows. It's just uh, get inside the block. So that means the machine gun is inside the car? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the machine gun seems to have stopped it for now. It does not seem to be. But the thing is, you get the feeling that it stopped it because someone else stopped it. Whoever is above you. Oh, okay. If you got something you want to do, Brent, do it. I believe in you. 
Uh, I was going to try and take out because I thought the machine gun stopped because we all hid and it was still, you know, couldn't see us. No, no. It stopped because something else happened. Can I open the door? Is it a good idea to open the door? Are we pressurized in here? The the monorail is going through a pressurized tube, so the environment should be fine outside. There is a breach. Not that you know. Oh, okay. You know what? Shaving a haircut on the roof. How come? Come on, everybody knows shaving a haircut. If if they respond, that means they know shaving a haircut. If they don't respond, then it probably means they're a zombie or a skeleton or something else. They're not responding. Okay, they're probably a skeleton. I don't know how they stopped the gun, but uh, shoot. I mean, we saw skeletons disco dance. It's not impossible thing they could master other human arts. Uh, good point. Uh, so, so basically, I'm gonna do what I, I, I was uh, take out one of the fetishes I have and kind of get a spirit of light uh, going. Basically, I'm gonna try and create some light in here. Sounds like a new boost for the b- 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 boost list. Wow. Oh, okay. It's a very faint light, I guess. Mm-hmm. So who do you end off to? Say, uh, hi, man. Can you get that going again? I don't think what we have on top is friendly. Let's get moving. I'm sure going to try. Yeah. Am I able to figure out where the power was cut from? Well, now that you have a light, you can look around. You can get the feeling that there was some kind of uh, EMP effect, and uh, it depends if it fried the circuitry or not, if you are able to start. But uh, these things, they are not very complex because they are built on redundancy because you don't want anything that can be destroyed by a stronger solar storm, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm going to try to take a look at some of the circuitry and see if if I can maybe like hotwire it or something just to kind of get some power back quick. Yeah, so that will be an overcome. Okay. I'm actually going to go ahead and catch in the very faint light bonus so that I can use principle the everyman. CGA has switched to a pay-to-boost format where you must pay a dollar to use any boost. That's that's not great because I don't have a dollar. Capitalism! You got to space! Another minor twist. You open the inside panel and you can see that it's fried. But uh, you know that it has an alter redundancy and uh, you just have to plug it on. The problem is that you're going to have to go outside and open that panel and restart it from there. Okay. Uh, say to the others, I can get this thing started, but I'm going to have to do it from outside. Does anybody want to come out with me and meet our guest? Sure. Let's go. Sure, it's something scary. Mm-hmm. You want to borrow a gun? No. All right. Offers on the table. And you go outside, you restart the panel, and as it starts again and you see lights, you see the spacesuit lumbering on top of the cart and starting to tear apart plates from it and throwing it in random directions. And one of the random debris is floating at low gravity towards you and it's coming for you for two damage. You can pass to me and I'll flying spear that guy yes please i'm going to cash in plus two boost the hook shot to flying tackle this skeleton in the suit a 10 because now that i know we're inside a pressurized tube i grapple one side of the tube and use that to give me even more speed 
All right. So that's 10 damage. That is 10 damage. That's it. As I shoulder tackle, I'm going to be like, look, buddy, we we didn't reanimate or kill you. Can you please stop? I guess I'll hand off to the suit if that's. Yeah, I mean, it's a J3. It's going to hit me. That's fine. So the suit turns on you and you can see with the pop some kind of paste feel the dents that you have crumbled it into it and sealing all the cracks as nanomachines start restoring it and uh, the nanomachines start climbing on you losing you as material to reform the suit so that's a seven damage attack well i'll take it but i want the record to show i don't like it so yeah, it starts degradating parts of your suit to heal it. Guys, the creepy skeleton has micro machines on it. They're attacking me. And after the suit attacks you, then the skeleton inside seems to bolt some kind of unlive. And you can hear a net chewing is as it opens the visor and you're covered in mist. And you can see the skeleton launch forward and you can see that their teeth, it may become some kind of fangs as it tries to carve meat on you. Some kind of skeletal vampire. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, like a skeleton vampire. (laughs) On a high tech suit. This is a scary B movie. I don't like that. So it's attacking you for uh, six damage. I'll take that, but it's going to take six as well. Right. As it bites me, John Doe punches it in the head and just... It's a vampire, too! It's a nano... It's a micro-machine astronaut vampire! And it hands off to Caldera. So the thing is, when you reactivated the damn thing, you also reactivated the defenses. So the machine guns are going to shoot at you. Everyone gets four damage as the machine guns start reaving again. Good thing is that both the suit and the skeleton also take four damage. When John Doe is in the red zone, that doesn't mean he's trapped in here with you. You are trapped in here with him. So it's Border Guard now. As this is happening, Border Guard... So Border Guard now has a plus four permanent persistent and exclusive and attacks and attacks the suit for nine damage so who wants to go next so border guard is saying this i'm gonna go full blast i'm gonna consume all the oxygen on this place and blast this damn thing i recommend that you go ahead and get the fuck out i uh, so is the cart moving mm, yeah it is moving okay um but Johnny and John Doe are still on top. Highwayman and John Doe. Yeah, but they are moving. You wait in cover as there's just fire flying around as it's trying to keep the skeleton in check. And it starts slowing down as you realize that you are approaching Luna City Station. I think Berserk here is going to try and go faster or stop the car. What, what, should I, what do you think I should do, Brad? Uh, well, we have magnet shoes, so unless this thing goes real fast, we can attach. So make it go faster. All right, I guess we're colliding into Lunar City. <laughs> nah, it's going as normal. 
it's it's slowing down because it's approaching the station. Oh, that's an important detail. That's what I mean is try and boost the machine to get us out of there faster. To cause a collision. Yeah, basically. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, in case I don't know, you need for some reason to go get back to the nuclear reactor. That might be a bad idea. Especially because knowing, you know, you park your cars outside of the nuclear reactor. Yeah, yeah. Then I won't be doing that. I will grab John Doe and get up on the top, grab John Doe and Highwayman and just try and leap out, out into Lunar City. Yeah, you manage to do so, and the door seals behind you as you start getting into the, the compression area and the sterilization zone. And you just see fire from outside. And uh, even the door becomes hot to the touch. I hope Bordergore is okay. Uh, something tells me I think he's fine. Probably not the first time he's done that here. If the rumors are to be believed, probably should move on. What, fight? Uh, yeah, and uh, you have to wait a bit until the next door opens. And then you get to a room with various spacesuits hanging out around. And uh, this seems to be some kind of lunch. There is music playing. There is a monitor playing on repeat some kind of advertisement for Caldera City, best living on the moon, advertising on a loop, the facilities on the different hubs, including the new pool on Up3 and uh, the fishing amenities on hydroponics. And there seems to be some copies of magazines, the Luna City Digest on top. And... Uh, Highwayman, you recognize the person on the cover wearing red and yellow suit. It is none other than Alexander Teleki, your uh, scientific partner slash rival, worst half during the early deployments to the moon, which they kept serving on the scientific capacity when you had to be drafted into the conflict. And she seems to be on the cover of this magazine. John Doe picks up and starts looking through it. You're not aware of this importance. And uh, you see that most of it is talking about uh, welcome, to, uh, welcome to Luna City, the corporate space to be on the moon. And it's full of pieces copy on the different uh, uh, corporate partners. And uh, it uh, most of the main body seems to be talking about the new administration of Caldera City. Uh, Dr. Alexander Teleki, former former overseer of the Alder, Aldrin Institute that uh, now has been promoted to overseeing the entire station. Bazooka is going to look around for threats. Like, are there any skeletons in this room or any things that look to be dead? Only the music is dead. Are, are they playing like patriotic BS from like the 1940s or something like that. No, it's worse. It's just, you know, elevator or a waiting call music. <laughs> not creepy, not creepy at all. Uh, also, uh, yeah, also, there's, again, there are a few sofas on the lunch. You stay on your uh, spacesuits. I think we should top off our air. 
I say we give it a minute. We test to make sure this oxygen doesn't have like something terrible in it. Pounds per square inch of LSD or something. Or stuff that turns us into zombies. Yes. Hey, highwayman. Hi. John's holding a, a magazine, closes it, looks at you. Do you know this lady? Points right at the cover. Do you know her? Johnny looks at the magazine cover and cocks his head a little bit to one side and he says, I say, yeah, I know her. That's uh, Dr. Alexandra Tulecki. That's She was a colleague of mine during the war. I mean, kind of. She worked on a different team than I did, but did a lot of uh, nuclear science research specifically on the kind of the evolution of animals between, you know, their forms best suited for for Earth to forms better suited for life on, on the moon and, you know, lower gravity and such. Less need for oxygen and essential gases and that kind of thing. Mostly through the use of radiation to see if she could trigger mutations. Well, it says here that Senior Luna City Administrator Dr. Alexandra Telecki likes uh, shooting trips on the Luna Sea. Excuse me, on the Sea of Tranquility, a good barbecue, and relaxing with a good episode of I Admire Leo. Huh. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's absolutely brilliant. She would probably do very well as an administrator of, of most things. She oversaw her team, so she was kind of counterpart of mine, so to speak. Um, that's uh, interesting. She really stuck around. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Shooting trips on the Sea of Trent. What is she shooting? It doesn't say. Probably skeet. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like space worms or something. Johnny, I may be very upset, but I need to know, are there worms on the moon? No, I was was kidding. Look, there are vampire skeletons on the moon. Nothing could be more strange. That's entirely fair. No, there are not worms on the moon. At least last I checked was a... I don't want to reference Dune on our podcast. But then we can use Dune words in character. <laughs> I that's That makes it actually worse. John will make it so we can use Dune words. Good, because, like, if there were worms, I can't walk without rhythm. <laughs> this Lancelot's going to hear about it. <laughs> we just hear some, we just hear uh, just a woman vocalizing in the back. <laughs> and just sort of just doing like a keening thing. Is, is my suit leaking oxygen? Oh, some of the machinery kind of switching into into different gears to make sure everything is running. It's it, honestly, you get used to it. You don't even hear it after a little bit. More importantly, test the air. See if it's safe to breathe. Yeah, I pull out a little device that I have to see what the air is like in the room. It's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. This is fine as we look back to the bo- the burning area. <laughs> you know, air. I don't mind asks if it is the air is wet and creepy. <laughs> I, I'll tell them it's good here, sir. <laughs> they taste the air. It's wet and creepy. <laughs> I'm not saying you should remove your helmet, but look at the air. It looks great. Take it off. Oh, I, now that's it feels like I'm immediately being bullied. Why? Why? I, I mean, I, the, the machine says the air is OK. I think we should all go same time. No, I'll do it. I take my helmet off. Are you having any strange moon thoughts? Any zombies or wolves or God forbid, a wolf zombie? 
I mean, now I will say, as Lou, am I having any strange moon thoughts? This is important. No. And then I look at the others and I say, yeah, I feel like I'm beginning to crave human flesh and also blood and that all of my skin and bone or all of my skin and muscle should not be here. Also, I want to turn into a big dog. No, I'm, I'm fine, y'all. It's, it's, it's regular air. <laughs> Got me a little worried there. Uh, I will take off my helmet, too. John pops off his helmet at that point. Just, you know, I get the strange wanting to eat human flesh thoughts, too, though. I think Johnny just like looks for uh, like at least a, a silent like five to ten seconds at John and says, we're going to unpack that later. Yeah, so this is a pearls before swine type of thing. Let's deal with what we got going on here. Hey, where is everybody? I mean, they do call it a city. There should be some people here. Maybe they're all in the habitation center. Because there, there was no power here until 10 minutes ago. Okay, that's fair. I'm also going to really hope that because there was no power here until 10 minutes ago, there is no one in here because honestly, that is, I think, our best result. There's just a guy in a suit standing behind a desk next to us who's just been silently watching us have this whole conversation. Is there any sort of administrative terminal around here that I can see or anything that, you know, I might be able to take a look at? the systems of Luna City, maybe get a, a little more information about the place. Yeah, you have the terminal that is showing you ads for all this time on a loop, annoying you with the music. You can try to use it to actually use it as a terminal. Yeah, I would like to, I don't want to break into it unless I really, really have to, but like any information that I can gather about like what this place is and what the purpose of it is and what you know, like maybe like a map would be sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and uh, you just get it to the informational part and you get, oh, welcome to Luna City. It's the central node. It's a ring that connects to the different three habitats, to the big hydroponic sphere, and also is connected to the two different institutes, to the Aldrin and Lovelace Institute. And built atop of Luna City is the Starlink Tower. I would be sharing all of that in real time with my my teammates. You said uh, Habitation 3 was still active. Should we check there first? Makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Lou, am I able to find anything about what the purpose of Luna City is or like why there is a city founded here? Or is it just like people live here because... As you hear that, the, the links pop in and you see, you hear the sound of, of pressure change and service and the door into Luna City is open as the pressurization and the quarantine. After you ask that, as the door opens, you, you hear a helpful voice take over the music. Welcome to Luna City, center of corporate tourism on the moon. Oh, Jesus. Luna City is home to more than 60 star locations and 16 attractions, as well as two rings offices. On the fourth floor, you get our treasure, the Starlink Tower. Beneath it, you have our most extensive food court. Luna City, where you can buy it on the moon and have it delivered to you on Earth. Welcome to the promise of capitalism has to offer to the future of mankind. 
I changed my mind. Let's blow this entire fucking like thing up and leave. No. And you realize that Luna City was the old control tower for Caldera. It is just years ago. This was all barracks and control centers and mustering halls. This has become a fucking mall in space. Hey, Lou. Mm hmm. Just because I'm darkly curious got the magazine and i'm sure because it's a fucking tourist magazine it lists you know with a little corporate blur about how great all of them are mm -hmm. so all the companies that are here are just your normal like big consumer products all the fucking pastors that you see they are all here all your favorites there's a captain leathers outlet that ooh, and it's right next to a wagon outlet. We can get a purse and a leather jacket. There's J-A-L. I could use a new computer. There's a, there's, there's Omni Fulcrum. There's an Omni Fulcrum sort of superstore here, which is uh, frankly, you know, I'm really upset to see that. So they were using the Starlink to have people come up here for a mall? There's also an Elder Marines here too. Wow, could use some new clothes. Ooh, a Dixie Burnables. So they have to have a way to get people easily to and from. I mean, you're not going to build a mall on the moon and not have a way for people to get back quick. That's the whole point of a mall. That's why they'll never go away. I mean, if we're in a super mall, is there a directory somewhere? Yeah, it's not better than, much better than the map that you have, but it just lists all the stores. Ooh, an Uncle Andy's. I love soft pretzels. We'll try to stop and get a soft pretzel on the way. Yeah, let's see, the thing is that they are all closed. <laughs> because again, 10 minutes ago, there was no power here. Hey, I bet you they still have the stuff they need to make a pretzel. We, we can figure it out. We're all reasonably capable. Now, let's let's get to the have module. Maybe there will be a grateful employee who will make us one. It's a great point. Pretzels on the moon. Who to thunk it? A phone boot next to you, a video phone starts ringing. I don't even think I question it. I just walk right over and answer it. <laughs> I was like, if you didn't, I would. <laughs> and uh, you see, on the other hand, Alexander Teleki with a bunch of staff and armored guards around her. Their eyes glinter behind her big round glasses. And she twitches in frustration. Hey, Al. How you been? I could not believe that it was you. I'm a pretty unbelievable person. What can I say? How are things going here specifically? I'm not actually that interested in how things are going in your personal life. I want to be very clear. Don't tell me about that. Now, why would I disclose this to a non-terrorist and their associates? The word terrorist is a hurtful word. Well, it is true. Well, you should have thought about that before deserting. Listen, I realized that the uh, the military aspect of things was not so much your purview. It is worth knowing that being a deserter is not the same thing as being a terrorist. They are separate insults. And maybe if we hadn't, I don't know, started committing crimes against humanity, uh, I wouldn't have said I should leave. So that's just sort of my take on the situation. But, you know, here's the thing. Your reactor was in meltdown. Not anymore. You're welcome. No, it's still there. I mean, it's off. It's, you know, it definitely, it could go back into meltdown, but at least you'll have some time to undo that, which is, I think, going to be important. Well, less time because you emptied all the power reserves. Yep. So the clock's ticking. Let's not waste time then. How did you get here? With a spaceship. 
You've heard of him. Kuz. And you can see that he's basically asked, are the Soviets involved? Because like, she's like, to, is there a treaties violation going around here? I immediately just say, mine, I made it myself. I'm pretty smart, you know that. Hey, what's up with the vampire skeletons that have been attacking us? Is that, do you know anything about that? Has that been a problem for you? We would like to help you with that if you would like the help. I have some pretty cool, strong people here with me who are good at fighting. Whatever you do, don't harm it. Harm it? No, you're right. We should just let it, you know, just try to, like, kill us slash bite us. What are you talking about? It's harmless. That's not true. I'm going to say just objectively not true. It tried to kill us while it has tried to kill us multiple times now. Did it now? Now that's interesting. That's a new development. And she speaks to someone on the side. What did you do? Well, my friends here punched it because, you know, it again was trying to kill us. That's all. That's all Berserk here says. Is it? Sorry. Is there just the one? Yes, there's only one. Did we encounter more than one or was it just the same one that also got onto the monorail? It was the same one. So you're saying that he tried to kill you unprompted. The chain of events is a little fuzzy. I was mostly focused on the reactor. I don't recall who threw the first shot. It did seem like subject for alarm, but I was, again, mostly focused on the the meltdown that was happening with the reactor. Either way, it definitely did try to fight us, kill us on two separate sort of smaller occasions was sort of the the initial thing. And then it actually we got onto the monorail and it tried to start ripping the monorail part like, uh, you know, it, it just it sort of started ripping out the the structure of the monorail. Then if you saw it on action, you then you understand why and why it offers clue to humanity's existence in the stars. Can't say that I do, but I feel like what you're about to tell me is something upsetting. Come on, have you seen that suit? I have. There's nothing that we have that can behave like that. It also had a flag on it. Do you know where that flag was from? Alexandra Joachim, Joachim, Alexandra. Hello. We have a theory, but uh, it's currently something that uh, the US government cannot disclose. The what government? United States of America. Oh, U.S. I thought you said West. I'm like, oh no, is the West finally formed a one big empire thing to go against us? Super government. Yeah, one super government. Oh no, not the super government. Yes, it's called America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what kind of uh, access to cinema you get up here, but I'm just going to go ahead and run you through sort of a short version of events as far as what's going to happen here. You're going to withhold information from us. People are going to start getting hurt and or dying. You probably, for whatever inexplicable reason, won't be one of them until finally things are so desperately bad that you have to reveal sort of the terrible nature of whatever's been going on out here or the mysteries thereof. You could save us all some time right now and just sort of give us the information that we need to make sure that everybody gets back to a safe situation on this station. Or that first thing that I said is likely to end up happening. I'm not withholding any information. That thing is just 
based on the origins of it. That's just intelligence stuff. It's not pertinent to this. But if you want to have all the information, go ahead. And she types something. I'm giving you full clearance to the files on uh, on Science Station Aldrin. And if you want to know more, just go there and see by yourself. That is alarmingly magnanimous of you. And I feel like there's sort of a an other level threat to that. There's no threat. I just, I am so confident that once you see what we have found out on our research, you will understand the value of the thing that you try to destroy. When you say value, do you mean in terms of dollar amounts? Because that is going to sort of dictate the difference in how we view this thing. I told you, it can change the future of mankind in space. What is the price of that? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm sure whatever that number is, it's of great importance to you. Yes. Look at me. I'm the mistress of the moon. I decide what happens on the moon. Yikes. All right. Yep. All of that. Everything you just said, hated all of that. That was terrible. Hey, where is everybody? Also, this is like a city. There's nobody around. What's going on? We are all on Lovelace. We are fortified. We are being uh, attacked. Yeah, by what? Oh, you still have not seen them. Still haven't seen them. Tell me about them. Well, you see, power for a moment dies and comes back and the call is off. I try to call her back. I think that might have been a vital clue that we now missed. Oh, boy. We got something else up here. And apparently John Doe pissed off Space Zombie. That's fair. 50 bucks that the weird flag and the space zombies are connected in that there was one space zombie vampire and now there's more. I also suspect that I do. I do try to call her back immediately. You try to call it back, but it's showing as busy and uh, you get someone else. You turn around and you see Emily Maloney, Breeze, calling you back, just exhausted and in utter disbelief. No way. What the hell have you done gone and gotten yourself into, Emily? They were holding me prisoner on a base there, but nearby, but it was destroyed because of flooding. You will not believe it. There was a flood and I escaped on the process and made my way into Caldera City. I've been on hiding here. They did not want to send a distress signal, but I did. I'm on Hemp Tree. Meet me there if you want. Don't stay on the phone. They pursue electric signals. Wait, what? Hey, Johnny. Yeah. You know, I I really do love you, right? Yeah. But I think we just turned on the power and those zombie things pursue electric signals and we're in a mall. Fuck. Can we start moving? I think we should start moving quickly. Yep. I'm not sure they're going to be the zombies. I'm wondering if it may be something else and that, that we just... I don't know. This is... It doesn't seem like... She said that the zombie was harmless unless it was attacked. However, they are attracted to electrical signals? Hmm. The thing did show up the first time that we started trying to activate electrical signals. I mean, it did sort of pursue us every time that we provided power to something. Let's go meet up with Breeze. They can probably fill us in, right? Yeah, seems to be the, the best option here, I think. Now you have access to the files on the science station Aldrin. You know that uh, 
Alexandra and her people, they are on uh, Science Station Lovelace. And you know that Breeze is on Half Station 3. Yes. Uh, now, when you say I have access to the files in Aldrin, would I have to be in Aldrin to access that information? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, I would like to head to Hab 3 and, you know, Breeze can fill us in on some stuff and then we can go get information other ways. So, as you cross the courtyard of the mall and what was it to be the logistical center of operations where everything was decided, right next to where there is a fountain now, it was the place where Colonel Walks decided to nuke the fucking Soviets on the moon. There's now a big fountain and you see glowing lights on the fountain and what seems to be a lot of uh, slightly bluish iridescent insect wings. Yeah. I don't think I can help myself but to stop and kind of walk over slowly and look at it. Are the insects, do they appear to be like organic or are they like artificial? They seem off. They seem kind of organic, but you don't know if it's eating or something else. They really don't look like carbon life. They are attracted to electrical signals. Hey, you know how I said cross out Japan? Yeah. Cross out the moon. Did that a long time ago, but... Berserker is going to do a little experiment. He's going to take one of his religious artifacts that is devoted to a storm god, like maybe Thor or something like that, or some storm deity. Charge it up with elect- magical electrics and throw it on across the other side of the fountain from us or away where we have to, away from where we have to go suddenly it gets dark on the entire mall and you see a massive cloud of insects rush towards where you throw that yeah we should run seconded yeah Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarv, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates.
Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlak. They can be found at SGCADelaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely imperceived. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Sentinel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast just because a friend told us about it.